Hey, what's up? My name is Rob Payone, and welcome to the Proof of Talent podcast, the show where we talk about everything related to the career journey within the blockchain, crypto, and Web3 space. Today, we have Calder Zwerling on, who is the head of talent at OpenSea, as well as a strategic advisor on talent for Variant Fund, an early stage investor within the Web3 space. And today's show, it's pretty broad in terms of the topics that we cover both helping out and providing a ton of fantastic advice for people involved in hiring within the space, whether you are a CEO, an executive within the recruiting or talent function, or somebody who just participates in interviews. We cover a lot of really applicable stuff on that end, as well as for candidates that are looking for opportunities within the space. There is some direct actionable advice, as well as some really good information to think about how talent leaders really conceptualize and think about hiring and also how to see how somebody who's very professional, a company like OpenSea, a talent leader like Calder, how they structure their hiring internally, think about some of these really important components to recruiting the best talent possible. Before we hop into today's episode, if you are looking for that next opportunity within the crypto or Web3 space, if you're thinking about making a move, please feel free to reach out to the Proof of Talent team. We have a number of recruiters in the team ready to help you to make that move. I'll put a link below in the YouTube and podcast description. Alternatively, if you're one of those folks that is looking to actively grow and scale your team, we've helped 50 plus companies at this point in time directly within the industry to do so. So feel free to reach out to us as well. I will have another link in the YouTube podcast description for you. Without further ado, Let's hop into that conversation with Calder Swirling, head of talent at OpenSea, as well as strategic advisor for Variant. You have an extensive background in the recruiting and talent acquisition space, uh, spanning really from the staffing world all the way to the largest of tech companies to now the crypto web three space. The previous role to where you're at right now, you spent, I think, seven years at Facebook what was it like going from Facebook to where you're at now with, with OpenSea? Um, you know, it was definitely a pretty big change, uh, but, it, you know, that was what I was looking for and what I was really hoping for. Um, you know, like I said, I, I spent about seven and a half years at Facebook. I had a great time over there. Um, but, you know, after that time, I was ready for just a different kind of scope of work. I felt like a lot of the stuff we were doing uh, at that point was a lot of optimizing, right? And so much of the process and the teams and stuff were, were built and it was really just about improving you know the the success of hiring there um and so while i enjoyed that and and, and i got some great experience uh, you know building and, and optimizing over there I, I wanted to get back to some of like the actual build the zero to one the earlier like stage recruiting problems uh because i just found them a little bit more like exciting uh to me at the time um, I, I had worked at a smaller company called path uh, in the past before and, and, and we were about uh, maybe 45 people when I was there. Um, and so just that level of ownership and, and, and speed and, and, you know, kind of opportunity to, to have a significant impact was, was something that was really appealing to me and something I enjoyed. Um, and thus, you know, why I, I ended up making the move um, over to, uh, to, to OpenSea. Um, you know, the scope of work is a little bit different, you know, especially when I first came on board, right. I was the, uh, I think we were about 25 people when I joined and I was the first person within any ballpark of HR. Um, and so I was doing, you know, not just recruiting, but visas and onboarding and HR and IT support, which is um, 
scary for the company's sake. I was not very uh, technolo- technologically advanced. I mean, I was just setting up, you know, you know, Google, uh, Google Suite and, and Notion and, and getting people computers and Slack and all that jazz. Um, all I could really do was unlock someone when they were walked out of their G Suite. That's pretty much the extent of my tech support. Um, but fortunately, quickly we hired experts across all those areas to kind of take some of that stuff off my plate and and, and let me really just focus on the recruiting. Um, so yeah, so that was just a little bit about me getting going over here. When when you were looking at that next move, how did you evaluate and choose OpenSea as the kind of the next place you wanted to go to? Yeah. Um, so when I was looking, I tried to be really intentional just because, again, I hadn't looked for like seven and a half years. I wanted to cast a wide net just to see what options were out there. And then just, you know, kind of through my process, honed down on, on which role felt felt right for me. So I talked to some, you know, Web2 companies. I talked to some Web3 companies. I, I was really, you know, interested, you know, in Web3 and things were really like, blowing up across the board nfts in particular i just saw a real like use case that made sense for me and like you know a, a great value add and, and a potential um you know you know huge impact and a huge opportunity um and so i actually talked to a uh, former uh, proof of talent podcast guest greg clayman um greg and i had crossed paths uh, at zynga uh, back in the day when, when i worked a short contract with, uh, over there and knowing greg was you know at, uh, at the time at a16z and, and and had a pretty good understanding of crypto i grabbed some time with him just to get his like lay of the land and how he saw things and um, many interesting opportunities that that came up and um, he had mentioned OpenSea and which which I'd heard of before um, so he got me connected with Devin um, as our CEO and co-founder uh, and you know just from the first conversation with him you know the way that he thought about you know his people his vision the company the team um, and, and the tra- trajectory of where we were going um, it was just like a breath of fresh air uh, like it was just really like I really clicked with him and connected with him and appreciated how he communicated and worked through stuff. So um, came through the process as I met, you know, our other co-founder, Alex, and, 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 and the other members of the early members of the, the OpenSea team, you know, the, the vibes were right and, and the work was exciting. And, um, you know, I thought NFTs were booming back then when we were doing like a hundred million a month, you know, and um, then stuff really started to kind of get crazy uh, two, three, four months after I joined. Yeah, it's quite the journey. Big shout out to Greg Clayman, probably one of my favorite leaders in the space. I know we're also mutually connected with Shannon. She's yes. former head of head of recruiting at Coinbase. Um, yeah, man, obviously uh, a very inspiring background within talent. I mean, you, you join OpenSea, you're at 25 people. Talk to us a little bit more about the process and growth phase of OpenSea and just some of the skills you had prior to joining the team and, and how that helped the success and growth of the organization. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, from the recruiter's perspective that helped, you know, us grow with well, a couple of things, like one from my perspective and, and what I kind of brought in was, you know, when I was at uh, Facebook, I worked on two teams mainly over there, um, the front end engineering team, and then like the ARVR, now FRL specialized suite team. And so the the front end engineering team was very pipeline based hiring. You know, we're looking for just like the best JavaScript, you know, UIEs, front end engineers that you could find. And, and there was a pretty just like generic rec that we're working off of and building a pipeline there. Um, whereas when I came and worked on some of the ARVR, FRL stuff, it was a lot more rec based hiring, specialized stuff that couldn't kind of come from the pipeline. So seeing, you know, the, the, the difference in recruiting strategies and how things are set up and how you align a team were really important, right? Um, because here at OpenSea, we did some pipeline stuff. We had the larger pipelines like you know you know back end or infra or front end or whatever it was full stack engineers and then we did a lot of you know one off hiring you know legal roles or or product design or marketing or finance or, or whatever 
it was as well too. So I think that, you know, definitely helps, you know, for me just having that perspective of understanding how to structure and kind of set up things there. Um, and then when, you know, some other things that really just accelerated the hiring one was just the market back then, right. We, we would be naive not to say that that really played a huge factor in us scaling as quickly as we could, right. If you rewind two two and a half years ago, um, you know, the economy was humming along. Crypto was like, you know, the golden child in, in tech. Everyone was so excited about it. Um, our transaction volume was really, you know, blowing up and taken off. So we had a really compelling and exciting story. And, you know, a lot of these people coming from some of these, you know, top tier FANG or, or large companies were excited about taking the risk, going somewhere smaller and, and trying to have some, you know, larger um, uh, impact um, at, a, at a smaller company. Um, so that was, you know, definitely, you know, facilitating a lot of our growth. Um, and then, you know, also just the the support that we had from the OpenSea um, leadership team just around hiring. You know, they, they, they put a really like fierce level of prioritization, you know, within their schedules, within their time, you know, moving anything that they needed to around on their calendar to accommodate recruiting to help us out, understanding the speed and the urgency that we need to move at, as, as well as just the, the thoughtfulness and quality around talking about a role and kind of pitching a candidate. So I think the like, co- you know, connection and confluence of all those things kind of really coming together, you know, the, 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 the wider market uh, coupled with what we could control and how we were showing up really just enabled us to accelerate hiring at a, at a pretty, um, pretty quick manner. Yeah, that's, I'm sure it was a, a crazy time and a little bit different to, to where we're at now. And yeah. going off that point, how have, how have things changed from a like overall hiring standpoint or strategy standpoint? Because I feel like right now there is a, obviously the, the macro environment has shifted, but even if you're getting like micro Twitter, isn't necessarily, it was real life, but I feel like even the NFT world in specific is going through it's like first bear market ever and yeah. having its own little, you know, not crisis of confidence, but maybe crisis of confidence for some people. Yeah. How has that maybe affected just like the hiring landscape? Has that presented any unique challenges as you continue to maybe slowly grow the team or, or add talent within internally? Yeah, I mean, I think when we look at, you know, now, like, again, it's just just not the the people who don't know it about us aren't coming running to us. In the past, you know, we, we had this big brand, you know, I think people assumed, oh, here's a quick IPO or opportunity or cash out this, that, the other thing. They got excited about the team and, and, and saw that, but they weren't as committed to like the mission, what we were really building or really seeing the value or the excitement in that, you know, now everyone who's coming to us really does believe in like where we're going, where we're building the opportunity, the NFTs. And so I think it, in a way it, you know, really helps to ensure that we're bringing the right people on board. Um, you know, the, the bear markets is like, you know, some of the best times to, um, to build, you know, we can really just like put our blinders on and, and really focus on like our OKRs, our goal, you know, as goals as a company. Um, whereas when things were blowing up, it was a, so much firefighting, which can be exhausting, right? Like this is broken. This, you know, pulling into war rooms and, and, and quickly hashing things out in a matter of hours or days. Um, it can definitely take a toll where now we get to be like, as a company, a lot more strategic on like, here's what we want to invest in. Here's how we want to build and just focus on that. And not so much the ups and downs of the daily or the weekly volume and stuff, because um, you could just go crazy watching those charts. If that's all you're thinking about, you know? Um, and so I know at OpenSea, we're just, we're really committed to building a, you know, a trusted and, and reliable, you know, you know, platform that, that, that is accessible to, to so many. Um, and so just really, kind of staying you know focused on that ensuring that the people that we are interviewing whether they're coming through applications or sourced or refers uh referred uh candidates um are aligned with that mission that vision and, and have that their own maybe why they're interested in open sea story 
because um, that's one thing that we definitely re are really like double clicking on these days just to make sure that these are people who are really coming to us because they believe in, in the vision, the culture and, and, and where we're trying to go longer term. What are some of the ways you determine that uh, kind of real true interest in, in OpenSea? Are there specific questions that you ask or is that something you just kind of get a gut feel for? Because I feel like that's a lot of things now, especially like you really do need that true level of passion and intention when you're searching for somebody on the team now yeah. curious what what you might do or the higher managing team might do at this point in time to help determine that yeah i mean on our application forms we have you know why are you interested in this role and why you're interested in open and we've gotten pretty good at picking out the chat gpt prompts uh from people who are actually writing down like why they're interested in open you know um so so there's definitely that um you know for the applications we can kind of get a sense there but even you know whether it's a source candidate or applied candidate or referred candidate like as a team we sit down and understand like why web3 for them you know what uh what 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 drew them to open what what nfts they excited about have they set up a wallet what use cases in particular are they you know really excited about kind of longer term to make sure they can have like a more nuanced discussion about it it's not about getting a right answer you know like there's a lot of correct answers here it's just about being able to really tell the story and um you know share their why beyond hey i saw you on YC's top company list, right? You know, um, and so again, that's great for some people that, that that gets us on the radar for many people. But our hope is maybe those people see us, then they do their research a little bit, buy an NFT, learn what we're doing, have a favorite project or a use case, and then you know can come to us and apply and say, hey, here's what I've been building, here's what I'm using, here's what I love, um, and 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 those are kind of the the, the backgrounds and perspectives that we're really hoping to bring bring on board now. Everyone doesn't have to be like a DGen. And I think it's important for us not to only hire DGens, right? Like right. if we only hire DGens, we're only building from that perspective. And, you know, collectively as a company, I think, you know, for NFTs to go to the next level and go mainstream, we need to make sure we're catering to far more than just the DGen perspective. So um, I, I don't mean to say everyone's got to be a DGen, but, um, you know, I think just having some familiarity of NFTs as a whole, uh, what we're building and where we're going, um, and some conviction in that um, really goes a long way in, in not just succeeding through our interview process being successful when you join um, OpenSea. Yeah, I think time and time again, we, we see that the best candidates position themselves through research and passion, right? Yeah. And obviously, someone like your team, you're, I'm sure you guys are getting overwhelmed with a lot of different applications. So being able to filter through that noise is really important. And I think going back to a point you said as well, you mentioned that there's a huge buy-in from the leadership team. Um, can you talk to us about just the importance in general of like coaching uh, and advising your hiring managers to to make sure you guys are actually bringing on the top talent in a timely yeah. and, and efficient manner? Yeah, I mean, we've been really fortunate that, you know, as, as a leadership team as a whole, um, you know, there's a continued prioritization and emphasis on it. Um, and, and when you're working with hiring partners, I think it's really critical to set and align on clear expectations from like this, that, that first initial call is your scope now right? Like scoping out, you know, what you're looking for in the role, what the expectations are, you know, what's necessary, specific skill sets, interview process, like getting as granular as what each interviewer is going to be asking and what those, those questions are. You know, the, the more time that you really spend at the top of those early stages, you know, in, investing and building the hiring process, the quicker and more successful and efficient it's going to be. You know, there's definitely some times when we kick off searches and we're not really sure what we want. We intentionally keep it broad and want to bring some folks through and just kind of see how it goes to help, you know, kind of scope and, and shape the role. Um, but the reality is, you know, the, the 
scoping out the early alignment, um, it, it just gets so critical, you know, because it, it gets the interview panel aligned, it gets the hiring team aligned, it gets the department leader aligned. And then us in recruiting, we've got the correct vision from the jump of what we're really looking for. And, and, and then ideally, you're not spinning our tires too long, just throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. You know, we can be really strategic and thoughtful on who we're going after and how we approach them and, 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 and how we want to engage our hiring partners to engage these candidates potentially. So um, I think really just like setting the expectation, the, you know, with our hiring partners, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out, you know, and at the end of the day, I think, you know, these hiring partners just want to fill the role as quickly, as efficiently as they can. Um, that, that, that's what's going to lead to that and really emphasizing the, the information, the data, the context that you need is, is, is so critical um, when you're working with hiring partners and scoping out roles early. I think it's a it's a really good point and it's something that we find pretty consistently is that the companies that put in a significant amount of upfront work or more upfront work than others they will save on the back end of the process because I think the trend typically happens to be that some companies will go into a hiring process not put a lot of, of upfront effort into it maybe not have a job description or even really a, a strong concept of what the role is or what the person they're looking for, who that person might be. And then you spend hours upon hours interviewing people or viewing resumes, doing a bunch of things that you would not have done if you spent a few hours up front of accurately determining who that is. And I think that's, it's really good advice because it's just, it's so frustrating for companies, I think, to to spend that time on the back end. They just yeah. don't realize how much shorter that would be if they put in an initial upfront effort. Right. And, and then it just demoralizes the interviewers and the hiring managers and the recruiting team because they're not the exact right candidates or, you know, wasting time. You know, this person wasn't even close, you know? And so I think it really keeps like interviewer, hiring manager, recruiting morale up as well too, because we can all say, Hey, here's the vision. We'll do some market mapping on the role. Here's what we think our target pool is. You know, let's go after it as opposed to just saying, Hey, I just want to, you know, a generic role. Let's see what kind of comes back. Um, because then inevitably recruiting doesn't know how to screen for, you know, or, or, or or, you know, kind of pull in or, or push out specific candidates. And then we're, you know, putting people in the process that maybe the hiring manager, or the interviewers aren't aligned with just because again, we, we have to shoot very broad and, and, and just try to kind of cast a wide net. So um, I think thinking from the efficiencies of down funnel and the, the amount of work that it's going to pull off your interviewing and hiring team um, by doing it early. Um, I think it's just, it, it's so important and it really sets the stage for, for a successful hiring process. Yeah, it's it's all about the foundation, I, I think, for sure. And I think that's something we try and educate, you know, if if the founders or people we're working with are open to it, right? I think that's yeah. also the biggest part. I think that's like a great transition into kind of your role over at Variant. I know you guys mm -hmm. are a VC. Um, I, one, I'd love to learn, you know, how did that opportunity come about? And, and what are some of your responsibilities over at, at Variant? Yeah, so I am a strategic uh, advisor uh, at Variant. Uh, I've been there. Um, I think since December of last year. Uh, so, you know, seven or eight months or something like that. It's been great. Um, they reached out to me uh, a while ago. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how or when. I can't remember how they got in contact with me or where it kind of came from. But, um, you know, they said they were looking for some advising opportunities and, and, 
you know, going back to what made me make the move to open in the first place is like those early, you know, kind of problems and, 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 and be doing that zero to one stuff. Um, and so as I met with the team there and understood their vision of, you know, how I could help the, the portfolio and, and the port codes, um, I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. This is even earlier problems than I was doing at open because when I came to open we were 25 folks, right? We had, you know, a CTO, we had, you know, um, a lot of the critical role or not a lot of, but we had a, a few of the critical like leaders and opportunities in place. Well, some of this, you know, conversations I'm having um, with variant uh, and variant portcos is how do I hire my, you know, first, you know, engineering, you know, manager or something like that? Or do I need a product designer, you know, our first product designer? Um, and so it's been great just to get back to some of those very, very basics uh, things. You know, a lot of these founders are, you know, young founders who have never built a company, haven't seen this before. They just got, you know, a, you know, million dollars or whatever to, to go scale and they don't understand how to like allocate or align them. So um, my goal is just to be like advisor or thought, thought partner with them. Um, you know, anything from, you know, do they need a role? What is the right opportunity? Um, uh, uh, reviewing a job description or interview process, um, helping with comp data or, or connecting them with the right recruiting partner, um, uh, talking through a closing strategy with individual candidates. You know, I, I, it's like really whatever they need, I'm there for in like a kind of like a one-to-one um, kind of support and, and kind of like on-call basis. Um, we built out too a bunch of materials for them, like um, for like, you know, how to kick off a rec and like an intake form so it can be consistent. You have all the information. We put together some um, best practices on pre-briefs and debriefs, which are some things that I'm really like passionate about. I think are really important to like you know, have a, a success in recruiting and, and then materials around how to pick you know, executive or, or, or search firms to work with. Um, and so it's just trying to be like that one-stop shop for all things um, until these companies can, you know, get their first recruiting leaders on if and when they kind of get to that point and then kind of scale those things out internally. Um, you know, again, we're, we're investing in them, we're rooting for them, we want them to do well. And so I just want to kind of share any um, advice they have or remove any roadblocks that they may be running into, running into um, because hiring can be hard, um, especially in today's environment, especially for a company that doesn't have, maybe a, a super well-known or reputable uh, brand just yet. What are some of the most common challenges you see for not just necessarily, I guess, variant portfolio companies, but those early stage, uh, let's say seed, pre-seed companies within the space where maybe it's five people or less, like what, what type of challenges do you commonly hear or see them face when it comes to hiring or recruiting? Yeah. I think getting them to think outside of their network is like the biggest thing, right? At that stage, um, you know, again, the likely don't have a, a, a big recruiting brand or a name brand or anything like that, you know? And so the most effective and efficient way for them to hire is to just, you know, connect with people they know and, and kind of build it out that way. And while I understand that, and, and that can be a very successful model, you can get in a little bit of a difficult situation where, I mean, historically, people know people who are like them, you know, and I think it's really critically important to invest in, in, in bringing diverse perspectives into the company from the very jump, because the longer you wait, the harder it is gonna, it is going to be to kind of like make up, uh, you know, that gap. And the data shows um, candidates or to me, teams with like diverse makeups and backgrounds, they, they produce better, you know? Um, and so getting them to kind of maybe get outside their comfort zone in terms of who they're going after, start doing some cold outreach to candidates they might not be connected to, and really reiterating the importance of that, I think is, is one thing that sometimes you're maybe like a little reluctant to or nervous to do. This is my sixth hire. I need to make sure it's a great person. I, how could I do that if I don't know them from my network? 
well, you can know they're a great person through a very well thought out interview process, you know, and get right. very, you know, thoughtful in terms of what you're looking for from each section, what the expectations are, you know, and, and, and kind of go through it that way. So that's one thing. So it's build out a steady process you can trust. And then it's also build out what's the story of your company, of this role. Where are you at now? Where are you at six months? Where are you at six years? Like what's the vision so that you can have a, a compelling pitch to, to, you know, share with these prospective candidates, you know, and, and I would recommend like, 140 character version and then a 15 minute version, right? You need something just short and sweet that you can maybe send out an email just as like a little lure to catch their attention. And then obviously have a little bit more of like a thoughtful, you know, kind of one-to-one rundown where you can really just get them excited about your mission, the work, the culture, the company, and kind of where they're going. So um, being able to really have a good process and a good pitch is something that we do work on so that then we can re- really try to target the the market that they aren't already networked with and aren't connected with, because I think it is, um, you know, such a, you know, a large market and, and important to really bring some, some, some new perspectives into each company. I think this is a good opportunity for other VCs as well. Just to kind of hear your guys' strategy and also just how hands-on you are with your founders. Can you talk to us a little bit more about just like the consistency of how often you're working with different founders, hiring managers and advising? Cause I feel like that can really yeah. make or break, you know, a tr- like the venture capital firm they go with. If they're yeah. with the right recruiting partner, like that can help scale Absolutely. immensely. Yeah. And I mean, just outside of recruiting, even the like marketing support they can get, the legal support, right? You know, I know there's some like large VCs and, and, and they're investing so much. I think one of the things that we're really trying to focus on with Marion and as, as, as it continues to grow is just be that real boutique focused on Web3, you know, have very like direct, you know, founder to like GP, you know, kind of connections. And then the GP is also like making all the connections, um, you know, within the, 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 um, within variant of like who can help and support these, you know, it really is like all hands on deck. Um, we're also really trying to get our founders connected pretty significantly. Right. Like, cause I think there's some like learning they can all do from each other. We've got like a telegram group that they're all like active in and Hey, I'm trying this software. Have you used it? Or I, you know, I've run into this issue or this problem who's been through something similar or, or, or anything like that and just get a real like organic, you know, group and kind of conversation going and support cycle. Um, and then we're going to build out even like more, uh, like specific groups that, you know, there'll be a recruiting, we have a recruiting telegram, you know, group where if, you know, anyone's running into recruiting problems, you know, we just go in there and we can kind of like group think and work, th- work through it. Um, and then similar for other departments as well, marketing and stuff, I think will be coming, you know, in the not too distant future. Um, so really just like really trying to give that like, you know, uh, uh, individual one-to-one, you know, kind of support. Um, and then, you know, just really be really focused on Web3 because all of us in, at Variant have the conviction, belief uh, in the space. Um, and if we start dabbling in other things, you know, like, you know, there's a lot going on, like, let's just get really good and, and, and continue to build what we believe in. And and, and then we think that's going to, you know, set up the fund uh, for, the, for the best in the long term. When you were talking recently, you were mentioning a crafting a pitch uh both kind of a shorter version and a longer version what do you think be it for helping portos with variant or at open c or just previously like what makes a good recruiting pitch to a potential candidate yeah i mean this might sound a little silly but i think recruiting should be fun you know like i you know i think of it a lot like dating right if you go on a date with someone and it's just like unengaged and like no fun it's like all right this isn't right for me you know wish them the best and kind of move on so i think within recruiting i think the process should be engaging it should be fun i mean obviously very serious and you're doing some testing but like 
you know, you want to really put forth a, a vibe that it's an exciting environment, right? So that that's definitely one thing. Um, I think there's the short term and, and the long term, you know, uh, like visions that you want to tell, right? Like here's immediately what the the company is is going to be achieving, or here's what our, our OKRs are. Here's immediately within the role what the OKRs or the goals are, so they can kind of see that. And then you know, beyond just that 30, 60, 90, what is the longer term vision kind of story for both the company and and for the individual as they kind of grow within the role now. Obviously, in startups, like things change very quickly, and, and and roles or companies can pivot or adjust strategy, and you just got to be transparent about that. But just sharing, like, hey, where things are at today, here's how we're looking at stuff. Um, and then for some people, or for a lot of people, the the financials is is really important, and having like a succinct story of, you know, here's how we're managing the investments that we have. Here's, um, you know, the runway that we have. Here's how we're thinking about bringing on potential new investors and partners to extend things or do acquisitions to accelerate things or whatever it is. You know, just continues to give. More more and more conviction um, to, to the company. You know, I mean, like at, at OpenSea, especially early, when you looked at some of the investors we had, it was just like a who's who of, of a lot of really great people and and showing that story of, hey, here's the investors, the people who didn't believe it. Here's the use cases that we really see that we're really excited about. Here's our company vision. Here's our team. You know, we would just kind of run through those and, and we had, you know, a, a pretty compelling pitch. And so, um, you know, building a compelling pitch isn't specific to OpenSea. You know, so many, so many companies can do it, but I think it's important for, you know, recruiting teams and to, to understand that vision, to be able to articulate it. You know, I would, you know, early days of OpenSea, I would sit in on like every recruiting call that Devin had just so I could hear how he was telling the story of OpenSea, what was important, how he was addressing concerns, so that I could then start infusing those messages or to address those things like earlier in process. So, you know, and, and, and even, you know, as we continue to grow, we would have like our recruiting team sit in on calls with Devin or some of the other execs just to hear how they talk. Um, and so I think that can be a really valuable thing to just say, hey, let me be a, a fly on the wall and hear the story just to make sure that, um, you know, earlier in the process of working with candidates, we're, we're telling it the right way because, you know, traditionally, I think the, the, the founders and the CEOs, they do such a great job of telling stories and, and, and getting people inspired and excited about the work um, just because they're so deep into it. And, and they, they, they know every like nook and cranny of the business um, that we in recruiting can pull a lot of those things out and, and, and hit some of those same tones throughout the process. With a lot of the kind of difficulties within the just the general like tech environment in the past year or so i think one of the things we've heard is that kind of like you had alluded to there's been maybe a little bit more uh due diligence or selectiveness from candidates when evaluating opportunities have you seen uh, a shift in in how candidates have been evaluating opportunities because of uh, like the the layoffs that have happened and just some of the challenges that that companies and and candidates have faced when yeah. when uh, you know looking at the job market. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, you know, from my experience as well as talking to some other you know recruiting leaders that I know, um, not just within like you know Web three, but just like you know kind of across the board, um, I do do kind of sense candidates indexing a lot more in cash than they were say two three years ago. It seemed like you know equity was you know a, a equities or token was a big you know incentive structure, and people were really excited about that. But the stability and like guaranteed cash does seem to be coming up a little bit you know more to more, or that tends to be the more of the negotiation point um, you know with candidates. Um, I can understand, right? People want the stability and security and everything like that. So, um, you know, when it makes sense, we, you know, we do try to, you know, accommodate that. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can't be breaking your compensation bans or, or kind of going all out of whack, um, you know, just to land a, you know, one-off candidates because that can be so detrimental to like the company and the team and the comp structure kind of longer. 
term. So it is a little bit of a fine line, but um, yeah, anecdotally from, from what I've seen, it does seem like that's, you know, kind of been the, the vibe, you know, the last, you know, little bit here. hundred percent. I mean, also you got to just look at the runway and, and just health of a business too. I think that's obviously more important than ever. Um, yeah. Despite, you know, all the layoffs that are going on, I think not only are companies taking longer to hire, but candidates are also taking a little bit longer to make their decision. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like we work on some very, I would say unicorn roles sometimes, you know, founders are looking for very niche positions that could drag out for like two months to six months. Yeah. When we're getting into these later stages of interviews or just timing in general, like what what's the kind of the thought process for your hiring managers or founders you're advising like to fill that position? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, is it realistic to fill this position? Right. And like do some market mapping. Right. You know, and I think that you shouldn't wait for two, six months, like into the search to do this. I think as you're putting the time in earlier to the process, scoping and really understanding and defining the role, that's when ideally recruiting partners should be able to say, Hey, here's what the pool is. You know, if we, if we plug in all of your must haves, you know, there are technically 50 people within, you know, the, the area that meet the expectations that you're looking for. I mean, we can start with those 50, but you're going to crank through 50 reach outs pretty freaking quickly, you know, and then you're just going to kind of keep like going to that same well. And I mean, there's some things you could do around maybe having the manager directly engage the candidate, but still you're capped at those 50 people in this theoretical situation, you know? And so I think really spending the time to scope the role and say, all right, we'll start with these 50, but then of these must-haves, like what can we cross off the list, right? What can we use to really widen the pool or widen the breadth of of our our sourcing and recruiting efforts? I think is is really important. Again, we're not we're not going to you know not go after those fifty, but we need to have like a, a tier two and tier three option just to ensure we've got kind of good candidate flow. Um, because again, depending on the complexity of the role and, and the company or the compensation, it's not you, you, the candidate might not be out there, you know, um, with with those mm-hmm. you know high level requirements that they're really asking for. Um, so. Market mapping, I think, is, is really the biggest thing of just like showing the story, showing the profiles um, so that you can then understand with the hiring partners, all right, where do we adjust, where do we tweak, and how do we make this um, a little bit more of a, an open search? And if it's so niche that there isn't these people, all right, can we break this out maybe into two roles, right? You know, maybe, you know, they structure it that way. And, and, and if you bring two people who are, you know, collectively, you know, kind of, you know, bring that full, you know, uh, support or, or, or full experience, um, you know, that, that's a good way to you know, go about it and fill the search. Um, so I, that's what I would recommend is, is just like market map, show the data, show the story, and then make you know, data-backed decisions based off that. Yeah, Calder, I'm curious, like, you know, a lot of this conversation has been geared towards founders, geared towards hiring managers. What would be your top two to three tips for these earlier stage companies to continue expanding their teams um, and, and, and just a mindful and, and uh, successful way? Just for the contribution yeah. of the, the team and the overall ecosystem. Yeah. I think one of the things like uh, tactically that, that we did at OpenSea uh, pretty early on was, you know, we implemented pre-briefs and debriefs uh, for every candidate. So um, before the interview, um, we would bring the whole interview panel together and say, you know, hey, this is the candidate. This is the role. Here's what you're focusing on. Here's the signal. Here's what you're focusing on. Here's the signal. Here's what you're focusing on. We even have a doc with those questions. So as an interview panel, we are aligned on what we're covering. They have expectations for the role. There's no redundant signal, you know, because everyone's kind of got their clear kind of um, uh, uh, lanes. And then you can really trust what you get. 
you know? And so I think that's important because also, you know, sometimes there's a candidate who maybe fits the mold, but is a little bit outside of it. And you can say, Hey, this person's a little bit more senior than we were expecting. So we, you know, we expect them to be more high level or maybe they're more junior. So we want them to be more like hands-on, whatever it is, you know, the panel then has the consistent expectations, you know, of the role and how the hiring managers think about it. So pre-briefs are important. And then debriefs, you know, soon after interviews, quick, fast follow, just bring everyone together for 15 minutes to understand what went well, what didn't, you know, you know, uh, what we liked and, and then either, iterate on the search or move forward with the candidate, right? And, and so the, the the debrief feedback is so critical for hiring managers, for recruiters, for department leaders to see, to understand like how the role is evolving, um, you know, whether those candidates are are the right candidates or, or things need to be kind of adjusted with the strategy or how things are being so um that's one thing and then i'm you know again i'll sound like a broken record but like spend the time up front right like we talked about mm-hmm. this earlier you know mm-hmm. the the more time you invest scoping out every aspect of the process you know the the better it's going to be and i do think you know there are some tools you can use like chat gpt to like get yourself like kicked off for that right you can use chat gpt to you know build a generic job description you can use chat gpt to to build some of these like interview questions for example i wouldn't copy and paste chat gpt questions or or job descriptions right and go live right like use that as your framework hey i've got you know 65 percent of what i need let me work my own kind of context or nuance or approach into it um, for both the questions and for the for the job descriptions um but but that work like we talked about you know the more you do individually as a hiring manager the more you're going to save your team time as interviewers the more you're going to save the recruiting time and the more you're just going to ensure you've got the right process and, and the right folks kind of coming through and you're not going to after six months of searching realize like oh wait you know what this role is a little bit different than, than what I actually, you know, was, was now that I've interviewed some candidates, nice. I realized like it's totally different, right? Like we could have talked about this six months ago, you know? And so right. um, just spend that time early and, and because it's going to pay huge dividends down the road. One thing that you had mentioned in regards to the, the, the pre and, and the kind of post briefs kind of brought to mind the subject of like timing in an interview and, and timely feedback because oh, you're yeah. having post briefs there's probably going to be some 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 timing requirements there maybe as a, as a last question here for you i would love to just hear your general thoughts on like interview timeline feedback if there's anything that you try to have the team at OpenSea stick to or mm-hmm. that you advise smaller companies with the variant to stick to just curious as far as your thoughts on that, because I feel like that's something we see people sometimes struggle with. Yeah. I mean, one of the things we did uh, early on, you know, uh, was like we were doing, we're try- trying to, it didn't always work. We were trying to do like same day interview, same day offer, you know? And so we would literally have the candidate interview. We'd have a debrief, you know, soon after the interview, we'd bring the panel together, you know, where the department leaders are on board or and, 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 and hear all the feedback and their support decision, and then try to get an offer out to that candidate that same day, just to show the conviction and excitement that we have for them, you know? And this was particularly important too, when the market was really crazy and, and people were moving around like so fast. Um, but while that's a very aggressive goal, I think, you know, again, within 24 hours, having a response and a decision to a candidate is important just so, so they know what's going on. They're not left, uh, you know, in the dark and bringing the interviewing team together while the feedback is most fresh of mind is important because they could easily do another interview and forget some of the content. You know, if you, if you have an interview on Monday, but you don't debrief till Wednesday, well, they could have an interview on Tuesday with another candidate that muddies the context or maybe something, you know, a fire pops up and, and, and they just aren't like, you know, retaining the, you know, remembering the information as much as they had. So you're getting like a little bit of a muddied or diluted signal. Um, so 
we definitely try to do like debriefs the same day or at the latest, you know, if we, if, if it's a, you know, we're interviewing and interview at the end of the day, like first thing that the next day, um, just to really optimize for speed, uh, you know, both for the candidate side and, and for our side. So, um, you know, it, it's easier said than done, but I do think it can really go a long way for the candidate just to feel like, Whoa, Holy smokes. Like this company's really fired up about me. You know, they're, they're excited. They're moving fast. Like that, you know, they, they make quick decisions. I think in a startup world that can appeal to a lot of the people that are interested in going to a startup, you know, that, that environment, that pace. Um, and so I think putting um, the prioritization on that and an emphasis on that really goes a long way um, in, in, in moving folks through the process successfully. A lot of, a lot of wisdom in this, this podcast <laughs> from the recruiting process. And uh, I mean, you gotta, it, it's kind of given me the perspective, like you have to be so much more strategic in the hiring process, just like you're building a marketing plan or business development plan, it needs to be just as thorough. And so for any founder um, or, or investor, VC, you know, whatever it may be, if you're listening, like really take some notes on on a lot of what Calder has mentioned here. And just wanted to say thank you for for jumping on the pod. Uh, this was, yeah, really, really awesome episode. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. I uh, appreciate the uh, the invite. Uh, so so thanks for, for setting it up, guys. Yeah, thanks a bunch for, for all the advice to companies that are hiring right now i think it's it's really well uh structured and I, there's just a lot of solid takeaways and and really good learning from a, a vast amount of experience that you have across the industry and just in general so thank you very much for that of course